up? What's happening? Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Downtown Roar podcast. I am your host, Logan. We have a bunch to unfold. We are recording a little bit later. This is the 10th hour of a fine Wednesday night, and it's been probably a week now. I want to it, it feels like a week since the Matthew Stafford news, but that we're going to be covering right away and we are joined by tally obviously how's it going tally yeah it's uh, again unfortunate timing but you know we want to do the record tuesday release wednesday red wings game last night central time 8 30 start not not the most ideal for us wanted to wait an extra day so it's gonna be coming up tomorrow thursday but wow it's been a long long week Seems like everything's kind of happened just like last week. Everything happened immediately after we put out the podcast, just like always. So be prepared next week to be talking about two weeks ago's news because that's just how it always goes. But bad week for the Red Wings. I would say a semi-good week for the Lions outside of the the Stafford news. I thought they made a lot of great moves that we'll get into. But obviously the Stafford news is a huge blow to the plans for this team going forward. Yeah, just throw my Red Wings predictions out out the window. Um, they they were awful. <clears throat> so we're oh, actually I, the loss counts, but it was an OT loss, and that also didn't help the Central Time eight thirty time zone, and it went into overtime. So that game didn't finish finish up until late last night. Yeah, like um, around midnight. Yeah, exactly. So that wasn't that wasn't too too good there but oh just another tough tough loss for those red wings and it felt like a the road trip is still going we still have another game in dallas tomorrow and it 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 feels so long because of and we're just gonna talk about the red wings real quick uh the covid is just dragging this and we knew it was gonna drag it all year but it's almost just you look every two seconds, and there's a there's a guy down. We got to call some guys up from the taxi squad. Literally every two minutes, you blank, and we're calling up guys from taxi squads. How can you play hockey like this? It makes no sense. How it's so hard, especially with the roster they have. Oh. But I, I will say, I will say, just getting to the Red Wings very quickly here. The guys that have come off the taxi squad have been playing so much better than the dudes that are here, like Philpola and Nielsen, who are getting the most ice time on the team. Flashel, that's not good. I don't know why Valtteri Philpola is getting the most ice time on the team. Talk about that in a minute, but a lot of bad from the Red Wings over the last week. Horrible games to watch. The Chicago series was borderline unwatchable. At least the game in Dallas, I thought they played all right. And Thomas Grice, I feel so bad, 0-3 with a 9-1-8. No, nine two three save percentage, which is just oh, you feel for that guy already. And he still doesn't even have a win, right? No win, zero and three. Oh, oh, gosh, technically, that's the Detroit Red Wings. And I was so hyped for the Chicago series. You got an original six matchup. I'm just original six. You're on NBC, literally, and we shit the bed in both games. Shit the bed. Waking up to hockey on on Sunday, about a twelve twelve. 15 start, wake up at 11. I'll I'll tell you. In an hour. I'll tell you. It was a good thing that uh, football was on after that Sunday game because I was pissed. So, at least you had some content to watch. Yeah. It's great games on on Sunday. Wow. A lot of great games. Got the Super Bowl set. We can do our Super Bowl predictions too. 
Super Bowl set. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but at first I was like, oh, this is exactly what the NFL wanted. And, you know, they're never, the NFL is never not going to get what they want. So they wanted a current GOAT versus the future GOAT. So, um, man, and th- you can't even argue that. that. That's all they wanted. And they got it. So we're going to be seeing Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Going to be a great Super Bowl. But all I'm saying is keep it in the back of your mind, people listening, that the NFL gets what they want. And that's what they wanted all along. And if you don't believe that, then I'm sorry to you. It's, uh, I think it just proves, even even with the NFL watching it, Tom Brady, it, there's just not another person in sports that, that can do what he's done for this period of time. And it truly is a, a marvel to watch. He's 43 years old, and he threw three touchdowns in the NFC Championship game. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's been around for, what, 20 years now? He's been in half. He, I think I saw an insane stat that out of all Super Bowls, he's played in like 18% of them, which is it's just ludicrous. He had no business winning that game on Sunday, though. He played bad. And he still threw three touchdowns. I don't think Aaron Rodgers really did enough in that game. He threw uh, bad – well, the fumble really necessarily wasn't his fault. Tom Brady threw a bad, bad interception, though. Well, yeah, you got it. Rodgers threw a bad interception as well. Brady threw three. Rodgers threw a bad one before the half, and that ended up in, into the Scotty Miller nightmare with Kevin King out there, just running in circles. Um, but – game was practically lost when Brady threw those two interceptions almost back-to-back, if it even was back-to-back, but uh, and Rodgers just, they went three and out twice. So, you go three and out twice after Brady interceptions, mm, it's it's tough. You're you're talking a big game right there, and uh, you're definitely putting yourself behind the eight ball, and that's what they did, so also, you got the Lafleur decision, the La, the Lafraud decision. Um, yeah, terrible move, terrible, terrible. That was a Jim Caldwell move. Yeah, He's still done a touchdown. I just don't. It, just any analytics you go by it, that's just the wrong decision. There's just the eye test, and the eye test says, "Oh, go for it. You can tie the game." To be honest, Tally, I don't even know if Jim Caldwell calls that. Yeah, yeah, he might be the only person in. I- in the entire NFL. To, I really to don't know. Field goal there. I really don't know if Jim Caldwell calls that field goal there. I, I don't think he does. I think that's only LaFleur. Hopefully that kicks Aaron Rodgers out of uh, Green Bay now. He's so Could pissed you imagine? off. That, yeah, it, it'd be awesome. The, the NFC North would be literally wide open. That's what's so scary about it. That division's not good if Aaron Rodgers is not in it. If Aaron Rodgers is not in it, you got Kirk Cousins the fraud. You got Mitch Trubisky, who has been good since, you know, they went to the – they lost to the Eagles in that playoff game. Double doink. Yeah, yeah the double doink. Yeah. <laughs> the double do- the double stoink. And um, and then you got whoever the Lions pick. So – and then Jordan Love, I guess, with the Green Bay Packers, who we haven't seen at all. And we're going to get into some Lions talk, obviously, who they look in, at quarterback. Um, but – we we have to talk about this news. I was, to be honest, when I heard, I was at work, and I looked down at my phone, 
I don't even know why I looked down on my phone, but I just did. I had, you know, that, that sixth sense. Um, it literally, the news broke and I was on it in 30 seconds and I was at work. So that's, yep, like, I saw it. I was just yeah. in my room. I was and, like, Oh no. So the sixth sense was there. And I kid you not looked at it. Asked myself, is this real life? Looked at it again. Swipe, refreshed the page, uh, clicked on, you know, Adam Schefter like three times to make sure like he tweeted that and it didn't process in my brain until, you know, I, I clocked out and I made a, a, a recap video of that. There's no one to blame other than Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. I was, yeah, they both of them by far. That's the issue. That's why he wants out so bad. Like, what were your feelings go like when it happened? Because mine were sad, very sad, and then angry at Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn. So it went sad, sad, angry, and then really sad at night. <laughs> it was kind of like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. And especially when it comes to like the news, like, there was two Lions things right back to back. Anthony Lynn came out first, and I was like, at first I was like, ew. And then I thought about it. I'm like, Anthony Lynn isn't the head coach, though. And his offense was very good last year. Yeah, and I he love turned Herbert. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, that's like – like, I love that move, actually. And then two minutes later, Matthew Stafford and Lions you know, mutually agreed to part ways. I'm like, oh. I'm like, never mind all my excitement that this coaching staff that he's bringing along, which is a great staff he's bringing along – is kind of just just thrown out the window by the fact that Stafford wants out, which, you know what, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. His price could literally be insane with the amount of teams that are going to want, want him. Like, the Colts and the 49ers should be just outbidding each other left and right to get him because they the 49ers have Matt Stafford. That team wins the Super Bowl. That team's got a sick running attack. It's got a sweet defense. They're – probably best defensive player in football is coming back next year. So that's a great situation for him. I, I assume they might be able to get two first round picks. It just depends who wants to drive up the price that much. Well, yeah. And the Colts, they go to the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, take it to the bank. Take It's close. The they got to get, got to get past the chiefs. That's tough, but you got to get past. That's the tough. But you know, the defense is there. The run game is there. Offensive linemen. All you need is a freaking flamethrower. Don't get me wrong. Did you see Matt Stafford versus Patrick Mahomes that year? Yep. They almost stole that game. The only reason why they lost was because, you know, defense. So, Matt Stafford went mano y mano. They did go mano. They almost they should have won that game. They, they had like a fourth and ten on their own uh, – 30-yard line, and they picked it up and went down and drove him on the game. Yeah, he ain't scared of no Patty Mahomes. No, absolutely not. No, no. But, yeah, sticking with Stafford here, we have to talk about number nine. So, <clears throat> what basically what I said, in a nutshell, was that whew, on a personal level, Matthew Stafford, and I, we're the same age, so it's like he was our only quarterback we've seen in a Lions uniform, if I stand corrected. Yeah, I mean, 
from like the times I can remember, I, exactly. I got season tickets after the 08, 0 and 16 season. So and that's when they like, drafted Stafford. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my first ever like I, I would go to games and I I don't have any recollection from the time when I was like seven and under going to yeah. Lions games. But really like that that first year with Stafford was the first year I actually started right. following football all the time and it became my livelihood every single Sunday was watching football in uh, section 136 with my grandpa, with my, my two buddies who have seen me grow up from a young age. So really Matt Stafford has been the centerpiece of all of that. (laughs) And that's kind of the point I was getting at because literally when we got into football, Matthew Stafford was the hot name, literally the number one pick in the draft. He was the franchise quarterback the day from the draft on. And he, no one ever looked back. This guy spent 12, se- 12 seasons with the Lions. I've watched a decade of Matthew Stafford, at least bare minimum. And he's the only quarterback that I've seen in Lions uniform. So it is going to be insanely, insanely weird to be looking at a quarterback next year that I know replaced Matthew Stafford and also Matthew Stafford is gone. So, and we have a new franchise quarterback. It's going to be ridiculously weird, but at the same time, we kind of knew this was coming and we talked about it on podcasts prior to that news happening. I think I was even, you know, I was like saying, you know, this is definitely a possibility, but they could either go in either either direction. And although, did you hear any of those reports that came out? I guess when uh, Sheila Ford was interviewing for the GM job and the head coach job, she told them right off the bat that they don't think Matthew Stafford's coming back. So they yeah, I did see that. Ahead of time. Which you know what? Fair enough. At least he he withheld from the public for as long as possible. Let the search kind of go on. And very good job by Sheila Ford. She's dishing out money to, to get these guys in. So it's, it's a tough, tough situation. And it's kind of like I'm, I'm both sided on it with Matthew Stafford, where when he leaves, I'm kind of like, obviously I'm rooting for the Lions to do well. But if, if somebody comes in and all the guys that have been screaming for a rookie quarterback and how well that they could be doing over Matthew Stafford and the rookie, come, rookie comes in, he sucks. And he can't win a playoff game for a little bit. It's kind of going to be like, oh, maybe it wasn't Matthew Stafford. Maybe it was the incompetency of our organization. And Matthew Stafford goes next year to the San Francisco 49ers and makes the NFC Championship game or something. Then it's going to kind of fall back in Detroit and be like, wow, we were kind of idiots. Exactly, because Matthew Stafford has insane enough amount of talent than – people really saw in Detroit, I want to say. And it's really going to show with a different organization. I can tell you that right now. And I think that's the Hopefully point. goes somewhere with weapons. That's all I really yeah. – like if he went to Denver, that's not the best winning situation. No. But he's got Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, um, Cortland Sutton. And like, John Elway too. He John, oh, he actually stepped down. Well, no, he – he relieved himself of GM duties. Oh, did he? So he's still, yeah, he's still in the oh. organization. He stepped down, 
But I, like when I think about the Lions, I'm like, wow, if the Lions didn't have to draft quarterback, then they'd probably have a top three receiver in the draft, depending on how it goes. I don't know who they're going to take. I don't know where any of these guys go, right. like with the new management and all that. But I, I'm not going to believe that he's gone until he's actually gone. So I don't believe and any of the rumors actually, even though they're completely true and like he's gone for sure. Yeah. I just won't believe it until like the second he's traded. And when I see the hall, if I'm not excited about the hall, I'm going to feel like the last 10 years of my life have just been just wasted. Yeah. And that's what I'm kind of scared about. So I don't know about you, but I when the news hit, I'm going to run you through my night and I'm going to run, uh, I'm going to let everyone else know my night when Matt, when that news broke with Adam Schefter and Matthew Stafford. Um, that night, I kid you not, I watched Matthew Stafford fourth quarter comebacks, all 30 minutes of it, just of a compilation of Matthew Stafford fourth quarter comebacks on YouTube for on repeat for hour and a half to two hours with juice world playing in the background. And Hmm. it was absolutely the perfect night. It was just Matthew Stafford is just, he's incredible, literally incredible. And I, I, I remember those moments of how many fourth quarter comebacks I've seen in my life with, with Stafford. And it, I just had to watch that because it, it, there's nothing like it. That brings a question up. Um, what was your favorite Matthew Stafford oh. moment or fourth? I mean, I get, yeah, we can just go with moment. Best, best Matthew Stafford moment in a Detroit Lions uniform. I mean, you got so many and you got to explain one of them though, because there's, there's only one right answer. And that's the, I think it was 09 against yeah. the Browns. And it's the video that's been seen everywhere gets absolutely pummeled by, I forgot the name of the guy in the Browns, but he got destroyed on that Dislocated play. his shoulder. Yeah, dislocated his shoulder, goes to the sidelines, tells the guys to get the F off of him, and he can throw the ball if you effing need me. And he runs back out there. And what does he do? Gets the touchdown to play later. Insanity, man. Insanity. But that one for me is probably the clear, clear for me. But my favorite Matthew Stafford moment or fourth quarter moment, that is so tough because there's so many. I mean, you got the Matthew Stafford to Anquan Bolden. You got the one this year to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, you got the one for the field goal in, in Indianapolis on week one. Yep. I remember I was so hyped for that week game. one. Oh, that was phenomenal. There's just so many moments and I really can't even, I, I really can't even pick decide. He's got, he's got what he had 34th quarter comebacks in his career. Which is just, I think he's got by far the most, right? I think like, yeah, he the has the most, most in season in the, for sure. Yeah, because that one season he did um, Indy, Minneapolis, um, Minnesota, um, the Dallas one, which is probably my favorite one with the fake spike. 
some pretty oh, good story about yes. that one anyway. That was yeah, great. that one's awesome. I even I uh, I'm not too proud to say this, but um, I was not in my seat when that one happened. I was about halfway to the car when. Oh. No. Uh, yep, yep. My grandpa said, "Let's get out of here. This game's over." I'm checking. You know, I'm and I'm never willing to leave he's always going to drag me out and I'm, I'm always refreshing my phone i'm like okay, right. refresh 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 and right. then i see second and ten they stuffed them and and there was a flag i was like oh my god the game's not over like they just it's going to be third down with the stop clock they're gonna get the ball back with like a minute left yeah I'm like, you're i'm like you asshole can't believe you dragged me out of here and then <laughs> right on the corner of um oh i forgot the street name but there's a bar there's a corner bar and all the people who was who were walking out of the stadium huddled in and we're all just packed in there like there's over 200 people in that bar just squished up watching the tvs and you just see matthew stafford go up for the fake spike running around the other side and the place just exploded it i'm like damn i wish i was in the stadium for that but like this is i guess this is a good moment for me to not be in the stadium because now my grandpa's i'm gonna force my grandpa to stay every single second of every game till unless they're down like two scores so that one's probably the best moment for me, or the one Indy was also up there. Dude, that is a phenomenal story. I mean, it just you were watching the phone and you went right into that bar up the street. That's crazy. And everybody else walking out of that stadium went in there. Wow. Wow. That, that is just very happy bar. Uh, very pissed off as we're walking out. And also, yeah. we're, we're ecstatic because the Cowboys just what a dumb, what a dummy to hold on that play. That give is the Lions insane. a chance. Yeah, people should learn. Don't give the ball to Matt Stafford. Don't ever give it back no. to him. That this season, I I think it's underappreciated because the season was so bad. But that Atlanta one was insane. For in, in terms of like likelihood for that to ever happen, Matt Stafford doing that in Atlanta with no timeouts and throwing that ball to T.J. Hawkinson could is probably the best comeback considering like all like the situation. But it's not memorable because Matt Patricia was our head coach. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the chances we had of winning that game were slim to none, and somehow, just somehow, some way, they won that game. But although you gotta look at it this way, it took us out of the fourth overall spot. So, and yep, uh, not ideal. Not ideal with the quarterbacks because you you can literally pick any almost. Any of the four or any of the two left after uh, after the first two picks there at the four. yeah that kind of leads us into the mock draft then because you know what that that trade request happening kind of um, kind of solidifies what the Lions are going to do at seven most likely unless they sign like a Teddy Bridgewater type guy I don't even know who the the QB free agents are I can actually pull that up while we go over the draft a little bit well QB uh, free agents you got. Um, who is there? 2021 top 100. Can I sort by position? Because that'd be, I mean, Dak, the, technically Dak, right? Technically, but he's going back to the he, boys. He's going to be um, franchise tag. Chris Godwin, wide receiver. Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. Can I search by position? I'm just going to look up QBs. QBs. Not too sure there, but. What I would say is, I would definitely. I mean, you got Chase Daniel locked up, but that's not very ideal. Chase Daniel is absolutely off. Not the guy. No. So not the guy at all. 
if this is what I tweeted out the other day. You privately work out Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, also Justin Fields, just in case. Just in case. Because I see Fields and Wilson being mix-matched. Um, so you definitely want to keep that in play, all three of those guys. And basically, I would say, after the second, you got to try and trade up for your guy. So whether that's trading up to number three with the Finns, trading, yeah, you have you'd have to trade up to three with the with the Dolphins if you wanted Zach Wilson, probably. Trey Lance is probably going to be there later on, so you could wait. But I would, if, if you like Zach Wilson and you think that's your guy, you have to trade up for him. Yeah, there's a couple guys. I mean, I don't know how either are going to be. This is just at per, purely Big Ten bias. I would probably rather have Justin Fields at this point, even though I'm not even sold on him. Zach Wilson does look good. He, he looks good at times. But then I watch games like the Coastal Carolina game with him where he does not look like – he did not look good. And obviously, QBs have bad games. But come on, man, it's Coastal Carolina. Like we got we to do something here. I know you got a bunch of Mormons as your wide receivers, but still. But if you if you overlook it, if, if Justin Fields there at seven, I don't know how you pass up. It could be another Dwayne Haskins situation. I think he went seventh overall too. But if you compare those two quarterbacks, I think Justin Fields much, much better. He's better on the run. He's better. He's got a stronger arm. He's more accurate. So I don't think he's going to be a complete draft bust, but I don't know if any of the guys in this year's draft are the guys. Last year was kind of the, the year of quarterbacks. And I don't know. Passing, it's it's other other than Tua. Uh, that that guy does not look great. He's gonna he's gonna turn around though. I I, I still believe. I hope so. He's got yeah. the he's got the arm left. Just looking at a, a skinny lefty, it just doesn't. It makes me think of Tim Tebow every time. I just <laughs> hate it. But hey, I think this this draft class for QBs, man, I think it could be better than last year's. In in all, there's a lot year. more guys. There's a lot more guys in the top ten than I think. Like last year, you had your three guys. What? So you had um. Oh my god! Why am I drawing blank? Guy went Burrow, first overall, Joe Justin Burrow. Herbert. Yes. Yep. yep, Justin Herbert and Tua. Those were kind of like the three guys. Yeah. And then there was nothing. This year's there's like five, but I'm not truly sold on any of these guys. Jordan Love. Like, I'm, yep, yeah, 28 or whatever. <laughs> but Packers Revenge Tour got started. They did that on purpose. They're probably never going to play them. They wanted to piss off Aaron Rodgers and it worked. But this year, like, it's just last year, I, I was sold on Joe Burrow instantly, right? Just like Trevor Lawrence this year. I was sold on Justin Herbert because he, he just he's talented. This year, I'm like, oh, a Trey Lance, Division Two. I'm not sure. Carson Wentz scares me. He wasn't very good. Brigham Young guy, I don't Here's know if I like him. Here's the thing with Trey Lance, though, not to cut you off, but this guy no, is an inch shorter than Josh Allen. He yep. has the same legs, if not better legs, than Josh Allen. Um, and, but although you have to take this into account and this is where I slowed myself down, Josh Allen worked his ass off after those first seasons. So it's not like this guy just woke up after his first, you know, year, year and a half. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to decide to be good now. Uh, no, this guy got literally better. put in the work, got bigger 
and better, got his accuracy up, got his arm strength. His arm strength actually was just out of this world coming out of college, but it's just, it's insane today. And his, his, his accuracy with his strength and everything, his legs, his decision-making got so much better. So, but Trey Lance to me, he has the same skill assets as Josh Allen. It's whether Trey Lance can, you know, put him into the NFL uh, type game and he could mold himself and, you know, do what Josh Allen did basically and, you know, work his, his butt off and, and really get better at decision-making that and in the speed of NFL's game. But, dude, him and him and Josh Allen, if he can be anywhere remotely close to what Josh Allen can be, he can be a good quarterback, and he's already got the size as him. He's got the speed, and I don't know about the arm but and the accuracy, but, I mean, you, you got to take a look. Yeah, you know, especially with those guys. And if you look at if you look at free agents, there's not too many. Dak Prescott, obviously, getting a franchise tag. Jacoby Brissett, uh, not good enough. Mitchell Trubisky, probably going to get um, the fourth year option put on him. Fitz Magic, no thanks. Tyrod Taylor, no thanks. But an interesting name could could be Cam Newton. I don't know. If say you trade Stafford and you get a first, like say you get Denver's ninth overall pick, you have seven and nine and you don't really want to go quarterback yet, you don't like any of the guys, you could draft two position players, one on defense, one on offense, that could make this team better next year. Obviously, you're not going to win next year, even with Cam Newton. Like the, he's, not, he's not the quarterback he once was. But that team would still be – I think that team's winning six games with Cam Newton and then two added position players, and then you go out of the draft. If you like the guys next year, you, you go for – then the following year, you, you go for a quarterback. That I think that could also be in the realm because two position players at seven and nine, most likely one of them is going to be a superstar. You could definitely go that route. I could see that route. I and, like that route as well. It's it, and nobody's going to be after Cam Newton like hard. Yeah, you saw him with the Patriots this year. He didn't have any weapons this year. I know he looked bad, but he his number one receiver is Nikhil Harry. He, he, I know he's not a great thrower of the ball, but. We've never really had a quarterback that can run like that, and our offensive line's improving tremendously. And with the the style that I think Dan Campbell wants to play, I think Cam Newton could be a great quarterback in that sense. Yeah, that definitely a run first, um, run first offense, uh, especially with some of the moves he made surrounding the system and and some of the guys he's bringing in to help him help him out. Um, he's bringing in a couple guys from the Eagles. He's bringing in. Uh, a couple, a uh, guy from the Rams for defense. Um, yeah, the linebackers coach, which they said was a huge, huge get. Yeah, the Bears. Yeah, the Bears linebacker coach, right? No, it was the Rams linebacker coach. I thought that. I thought that oh, was no, the DB's it was coach. the Bears. Yep, that was the DB's coach. Yeah. The Bears uh, linebacker coach who was very instrumental in the Roquan Smith year. Right. Year. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a huge, huge pickup. But staying with the quarterback here. They they could go with something like that, you know, a gap year. Uh, I wouldn't totally I, fine with that. It's literally all going to depend on what they get from Matthew Stafford and what kind, where the pick is going to be is going to be. Also, what you could do is you could kind of you know draft two position players up high, and then maybe get a Mac Jones like later on. You could even definitely. Get, um, there's, there's another quarterback out there in the late. It's a lot, a lot of there. options. 
Yeah, there's so many quarterbacks in the late window. Um, I'm literally drawing a blank, but if oh, and you know, what we haven't talked about with Stafford. Yes, it sucks seeing Stafford go, right? But the thing is, I, I'm not saying he's overpaid or anything because he's not even the top ten for QBs paid annually. That's a lot of money off the books, and that's a lot of money to sign Kenny Galladay and bring him back. Keep that key piece of the offense together. And you can go out and you can get free agents. And say you wanted to go Cam Newton instead of go with pick seven and nine, you go with a wide receiver and you go with a, a linebacker. Your team is a lot better than I think it was last year, even with Matthew Stafford gone. And you, you sign some free agents on defense. You bring in some new linebackers who are going to be under that linebacker coach. You're going to bring in a cornerback to help out. You're going to bring in a safety to help out Tracy Walker's development. It's, I think it could turn around and rather quickly if, if they go that route. They take a quarterback and they still have the ninth pick and say they go with the, a linebacker or a defensive end. Again, I still think the team is better. If you have two high picks like that, it's, it's very hard to miss. You can miss on one. It's almost impossible to miss on two within the top ten. That's just theoretical. You're getting two top ten picks. but Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely would not mind that. And the other quarterback I was thinking about, like in the second or third round, would be Kyle Trask. Uh, yeah, from Florida. Florida. So, scares I mean, me a little bit. Yeah, it definitely scares you. But, I mean, worth a shot if you want to go with the, with the gap year route, I'd say, and, and go with kind of take Drew, Drew Locke kind of guy. Drew Locke kind of guy. Exactly. With, uh, Kyle Trask. I think he's better than Drew Locke. It, it, it just – you never know what you're gonna get with quarterbacks. No, yeah. I mean they got they got Lamar in the second round, right? Or was that late first round? I can't remember. Lamar was late um, first, early second. Yeah. Josh Allen was like mid first, or is he like the sixth? Allen pick? was seven. Seven. Okay, but even that's like, I would love a Josh Allen at the seventh overall pick. I don't know about you guys. But. Oh hell yeah, I would. Yeah, that's why uh, maybe drafting Trey Lance at seven. whatever whatever they got the guy they get i'll sell myself on if in you know what this regime i'll give you patience i don't care what you do this year if you want to take a gap year and you want to go after cam newton you want to go after tyrod taylor i don't care if if you can get a huge haul for stafford which i think they're going to i think a lot of like of the casuals don't like they're underestimating how much stafford's going to get you can compare this a lot to jamal adams and i think he's borderline worth more than Jamal Adams because Jamal Adams was just screaming to get out of, out of New York. Matt Stafford's not really screaming to get out of New York. He's like, okay, I want out, but I'm not going to force you guys to trade me for nothing. Jamal Adams did that, and he still netted a fir- two firsts, a third, and a player, a safety. So if you, if you compare that to Matt Stafford, he's 32 with a lot of shelf life left. And he had a good year last year with a terrible, terrible team and coach. So the the return is going to be crazy. I for sure would not be shocked if we are, you know, looking at the trade uh, details and and we're not, you know, like um, really excited for it, I'd say, uh, because given what you just said, Matthew Stafford, he definitely holds a lot of value still so like, that's why you want it to be Denver because if Denver throws you two first round picks they give you one next year and yeah. you know I want I want Matthew Stafford to succeed as just as 
much as the next guy. But if he goes there and that team still goes like four and 12 and they stink because the defense just can't get it together and your team's going to stink, you're, guess what? You're picking like second and like fifth, just like the, the Dolphins are. Not they wouldn't they wouldn't pick as high as the Lions would because they were actually pretty good this year, but they have the third overall pick because they traded Laramie Tunsil for a King's ransom. Yeah, that that is true. Very very true. There, it's gonna be really really interesting to see what happens. It's we're gonna be able to break this down a lot more easier once we get the full trade details and you know where we see where we're picking. Also with you know some some workout uh um details coming out as well with the lines no combine yeah exactly no combine, no combine. So it's all personal workouts yeah so that's also going to be interesting to see like what what's the ratio of how many quarterbacks they're they're looking at and uh how many position players they're looking at up high so that it, it's we're going to be able to break it down a lot more easier but that's just uh, probably our first, you know, initial thoughts on it. And you can really go any which way, like we said. Um, but we hold the seventh pick, so I wouldn't mind. I literally wouldn't mind going anywhere. Quarterback, wide receiver, defense, if Mika Parsons is still there. There's there's just a long, long list of trade up, trade down, literally anything, anything. No, especially if I've been hearing things about Mika Parsons. No, not sure if their reports are true. He might be falling because of his character. I bet GMs aren't sold on him as a human being, I guess. So something to look out for for the Lions. I just mm. I don't care who they take. Just mm. just make the team better. And I think anywhere they go, they do make the team better. Obviously, with losing Stafford, it's very hard to do. But from the losing, like the loss of Stafford, the team's bad. You add a player in the draft who's going to help immediately, which seventh overall pick should be helping immediately. That's why the expectations were so high for Jeff Okuda last year. He should be better next year. And whoever this this pick at number seven is has to be ready to slot in. I don't. Obviously, it's fine. It takes time a little bit a little bit of time to develop, but I want to see more out of this guy that I saw from Jeff Okuda last year. That would be very very good. <laughs> There's no way around that. Yeah, there, there's no way around that. I mean, it's just if it's, let's say, let's say theoretically, uh, or hypothetically, um, speaking, uh, let's say Jamar Chase is there at seven, and you don't really expect him to be there at seven, um. And Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is obviously off, off, off the board at this point. And you're just left with Trey Lance there at seven and Jamar Chase. And but also, well, if I put in this factor and say you know the Lions aren't sold on Trey Lance, the pick is obviously um, Jamar Chase there. I would say. Yeah. No. In. Again, if you, if you think about it, say you let's say the trade package is the 49ers pick, right? Something like that. And or the Colts where they're picking like 17, after you get to pick 7, the quarterbacks aren't really going as much as they are in the top 10, right? 
So say you don't think Jamar Chase is supposed to be there at seven and he falls to you and you think he's a superstar wide receiver like Julio Jones, you take him and then whoever's there at 15, if you like a quarterback and he's there at seven, most likely he's going to be there at 15 or whatever pick you have because the teams from pick 10 to pick 15, pick 20, don't necessarily need quarterbacks. Yeah, that's another good point because if you like – Trey Lance, and you have that 49ers pick at 12, you could probably get Trey Lance there and get Jamar Chase at 7. Most definitely. It, it, that's just why the opportunities are endless, especially – it's obviously it's not exciting times with Matt Stafford. It's getting free. He's been the heart and soul of the franchise. But it, the possibilities that come out of this kind of just kind of outweigh – the negatives it brings I, it's in heading in a different direction, which I guess they've needed for a long time. Matt Stafford deserves to head a different direction. He played his ass off. He played him week 17, knowing he didn't want to come back here next year. That's just the type of person he is in the person, like the type of person he was for Detroit. So if he wants out, you have to let him go out. Yeah. And if you and, you know, our podcast listeners couldn't tell, uh, that I I'm all over Trey Lance and I you know really think that he's gonna he likes him be something. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna you know uh, per se you know just just say it out loud and, and that I I would not be angry if the Lions took Trey Lance and I would actually be I would be happy if uh, just Trey Lance. Read option, uh, RPOs with DeAndre Swift and Jamar Chase. Could you imagine RPOs? Run yeah, pass options. Nice. Yeah, that's. I think now that we've talked ourselves into it a little bit, if it's the 49ers and we have the 12th pick, I I think that is best case scenario. Best case scenario, you go Jamar Chase at seven if he's there, superstar wide receiver. And then Trey Lance at 12, I think he's dropping there regardless. If the Lions don't take him, that is – I would be extremely excited going into next year to watch that offense. Kenny Galladay, Jamar Chase, um, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and Trey Lance. That would be fun. That would make me – my grandpa said we're done getting the tickets because I'm going away to school and whatnot. I'm, I'm dragging them there. We're getting tickets. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're not. We're yeah. we're not finished, regardless of what they do in this draft. We're not finished. You're going to see me in section 136 next year. That's all I got to say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That would be freaking awesome. But, that uh, offense would be electric. I, I don't know how anybody could hate that. It would be absolutely insane. And then you just draft defense the rest of the way and figure it out. You know, I mean, at that point, like you're getting your franchise quarterback. Also, don't get me wrong. You can still run the RPOs with Zach Wilson, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad with Zach Wilson either. But I'm just saying, man, Trey Lance has got the size. He's got the he's got the the same you know the running feature. I think he's got a better running feature than Zach Wilson. I would say. So That's it's right. just you know I, I I give him I don't want to say I give him the slight edge just because you know he is still a D two quarterback. He's he's at North Dakota State for a reason. Um, so I definitely wouldn't be opposed to, you know, picking Zach Wilson, but if we have to trade up for Zach Wilson's and Zach Wilson and the Lions still like Trey Lance, you know, so that would be kind of, it would be, you know, what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say that 
trading up for Zach Wilson, you got to be really sure that he's your guy. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. You don't want to waste your draft capital on yeah. somebody that you're not sure of. And again, this is all speculation because guess what? We haven't even na- mentioned the name Justin Fields. Like yeah, that, we have no be- idea. Exactly. That's why it's kind of like it's it's exciting. It's it's an exciting time to be a Lions fan, I guess. Like it sucks what they're going through, but it's exciting because it's gonna we, new regime, new quarterback, new systems. Just start over. Let's build a winner. And Dan Campbell, I love how his ego is not getting in the way in the slightest. He's bringing in guys that have experience. Same thing with Brad Holmes. This is his first time being a GM. He understands that he's bringing guys onto his staff that have had experience. That Jim Dorsey hire, what an incredible hire that is. That's the dude who drafted Patrick Mahomes. That's the dude that drafted Nick Chubb. That's the dude who drafted Baker Makefield. That guy knows talent. And bringing him in to help in this organization, I know the back end with the Browns wasn't the greatest, but he builds teams, and he gets them – out of their funks. I know that Chiefs team was okay. It was all right. But then bringing in Alex Smith and then bringing in Patrick Mahomes. Ultimately, look where that team's at now. He drafted Tyreek Hill. So it's it's looking up. Even though how grim it is, it may seem right now. I think when we're sitting here in two to three years, we'll be like, we made a lot of great decisions. Yeah, we didn't even get into these hires, but the Dorsey hire to help out, you know, Brad Holmes, even though he's got a good uh, surrounding and, and good um, uh, history with drafting or with scouting out prospects um, because he, that's what he did. He was, he was a head scout. So he, he's already, he already knows talent, but to bring Dorsey in to help him with the talent and stuff like that, help him with, you know, uh, trades, help him with, guide him with pretty much anything because Dorsey has been the G- a GM. He, he's he been the general manager. But this time, he's just a, a supervision over Brad Holmes to, to give him some advice. So that is just, to be getting advice from that it, for your, your first time as GM it has to be really beneficial. So that that's first off. But... Also, before I didn't mean to uh, leave out Justin Fields at all, it's just that in my eyes, I feel like one is Trevor Lawrence, and then I I, I really do it's, believe it's two A. Yeah, two A for those three. Exactly, and and that that's that's the only reason why. But I am not ruling out anything because teams can be looking in these private workouts. And they could be seeing stuff that nobody else is seeing, you know, the Justin Fields that went to the NCAA, uh, NCAA championship game. Um, so, you know, anything can happen. But staying with the system hires, they hired Dorsey to be the supervisor of Brad Holmes. Um, well, not really a supervisor, but uh, kind of a, what do you call him? Uh, a consultant, uh, I guess. And... You got Deuce Staley from the Eagles, who is going to be the halfbacks coach, or yeah, halfback coach. Um, you got the Aubrey Aubrey Pleasant from the Rams, who's going to be the DBs coach, the secondary, and you also brought over 
who was it? Um, and I don't think we brought over. Oh, they just hired their special teams coordinator. Oh yeah, special teams. They just guy, brought yep. in the special teams coordinator. He was from Philly too. That was the other for, for what team? From that, Philly. Yep. Yeah. And then Anthony Lynn as well. So best hire of them all, I believe, for the coaching wise. It's people who look at that hire and they're like, oh, well, Chargers kind of sucked last year. If you look at their offense, the offense did suck. Blowing fourth quarter lead sucked for that team. And Anthony Lynn, yeah. you know what? He's not running the, any of the fourth quarter like coaching decisions ever. He obviously, he should be calling the plays. Dan Campbell's not going to run call the plays. But having an experienced guy like that who took Justin Herbert and turned him into a – I'm not going to say he was the direct cause of it, but he was the coach that Justin Herbert had. And Justin Herbert excelled last year, out, just succeeded in all of his expectations. The offense was sick. Keenan Allen, who I think is a lot like Kenny Galladay, had a great year under rookie quarterback. Mike Williams also had a great year. Austin Eckler came back after the injury, had a great year. So it's – a lot of good good things happened with that offense, and him running the offense brings me a lot of optimism. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be very very entertaining with Anthony Lynn, and I before he got the head coach in L.A. I want to say I don't know who he was with. Do you? I can't remember. I think he was an offensive coordinator somewhere. Yeah, I, I can't. Don't... I can't remember. Can't remember there. So he's got but, he's got a lot of experience. Yes, for sure, for sure. And also they got Aaron Glenn on the defensive side. But I mean, it's the system that they're building here is something that we didn't really ever think about with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn because they brought in their own guys. Yeah, they, they that was kind of that was a very ex, like exclusive kind of area for them. This they're going all over the place bringing yeah. in their guys. Yeah, yeah. That that's a good way of putting it and it, it's safe to say, I mean, that system before just whew, had no no business. No business being there. But I mean exactly, and those two just drove it into the ground. So it's nice. Yeah, it's nice to see a refreshing coaching staff who don't have egos. And Dan Campbell has the furthest thing from an ego. We could have had a whole podcast on the Lions news just because whole Matthew. There's so much that happened. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk about Matthew Stafford for at least twenty minutes, and then you gotta move it over to the draft, move it over to this there. (laughs) We got coaching moves, yeah. That could be the last packed week for Lions news until uh, – you know, no, I lied because the trade's going to happen. Yeah, the trade's going to happen. For, yeah. for hirings. Yeah, so we're still going to have theoreticals next week with what they draft with. But so we're, we're running out of Lions news. Well, with the Red Wings played, that kind of dominated the Detroit week. Yeah, somehow, might as well get still, into there. The Lions, the Lions somehow dominated this, the podcast this week. Probably one of the last weeks that's going to happen. Could be yeah. next week when he's traded. Whatever the last week he's traded – that's when the Lions will stop dominating and we'll uh, stop briskly going over the Red Wings, even though the Red Wings team, I want to briskly go over because this week yeah. was terrible. Not yeah. a fun week to watch. We'll talk about the Red Wings more when they actually get a win uh, after after we record a podcast and get into another podcast. <laughs> the, oh. the records were not good for us. 
I I picked two and one. You also picked two and one. They went on three. Yeah. That's just no uh, no way around that. What a what a bad bad week. And we kind of just hop right into the first Chicago Blackhawks game. Not that's kind of just what you expected out of the series after um what you saw from the first game. I mean, Shooter just just killed us. That was that was the second game. He had a he had a hat trick in the second one. Oh, that was the, the first one. They lost four to one. Yeah, yeah. When Dylan Larkin scored, uh, that the only good part of about the four to one game was Dylan Larkin scored a great goal. But they were they were just completely outrunning that first game. It was just stupid to watch. Oh, that was it phenomenal. Just, they played against just yeah. It was a, almost end to end. Chicago coming in, oh, I believe zero and three at the time, <laughs> or zero two and zero two and one. Yeah. And they came in and just straight up dominated the Red Wings for two straight games. Yeah. yeah. It was it was very ugly for sure. I mean, the goaltending was – it was – this series, it was there. But felt like it just – it really felt like those – that I'm I'm not even gonna try and blame it on the COVID crap that's going on, but it hurt him. It it Definitely really did, and you because basically you're getting like five new guys in, and that you haven't played with all season. You played with them in training camp, but it wasn't. You're really practicing with your main guys and playing with your main guys. You're not adapting in this that and and you know getting the chemistry going with everybody. So. Really did feel like there was absolutely no chemistry. Um, it was tough to get shots on goal. It was the power play is just uh, dreadful to watch. Yeah, really dreadful. I mean, not to like knock on Hronik, but I mean, he's having he's got to step his plate up a little bit. Yeah, he, I expected a big year out of him considering he had a good year last year and he has not. Not it so far this season. He still does have four assists, so the production's still kind of there. But it's he has not played over that well, especially on the power play. He's struggling. Yeah, I mean there was a couple times in the power play where he was fanning a little bit. Uh, some pucks were getting by him to the blue line. Uh, I for I think it was I think it was actually last game. Uh, against Dallas on the power play where that that puck just scooted right by him. I think that was on the first power play. And that was – I think Mickey was just – Mickey was living on, on the call. That He was like, oh, Mickey's man. Mickey's fed up is, lately. He's like, that is a he tough is, break right there. <laughs> he has been extremely fed up lately. Yeah, he's been he's been off the grid, man. Gosh dang it. As soon as I yeah. scored yesterday, last night. Yeah, you can tell he's really upset. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot to be upset about. I can start pointing out names, and you know what? I'm gonna. The first name I'm gonna go after, Anthony Mantha. We oh. thought he had a slow start, and we thought he'd he'd kind of bring it around these last couple of days. He's not. Seven games played, one goal, two assists. One of the assists shouldn't even have counted. That's the one that Bobby Ryan bulldozes way into the net because of Akrowinski. So I'm not even gonna call that assist. He's got two points in seven games playing. What eight? 18 minutes in the ice, 1755. 
And he's been – it's not even the fact that he's not producing. Because if he was working hard and not producing, sometimes the goals don't come. Sometimes the assists don't come. Sometimes you're playing well and, and good things just don't happen to you. But when you're playing with effort that just shouldn't even be rewarded with three shifts a game, there's a problem. He's supposed to be your star player. What what example does that give the younger guys that are on this team, like Taro Hiroshi, Michael Rasmussen, who has got to build like Anthony Amantha does? At least like, oh, this guy's not working the defensive zone. Why am I going to work the defensive zone? This guy's making $4 million a year to, to not even try. Like, the, he's looked so lax days go on the puck, in the defensive zone, in the corner. It's it's giving me Pierre-Luc Dubois vibes, and he just signed a contract. If you didn't want to be here, why would you sign the contract? You could have got something in restricted free agency. Hell, I would rather you go on to restricted free agency, and we would have a draft pick for you if you're not going to even try. I'd rather play somebody else on the first line. It's just it's pissing me off, as you can tell. Yeah, there's some there's some Detroit Red Wings fans that are almost asking like, should this guy be scratched or he's like not benefiting the team at all? But there was that play in front of the net. I it was the sixty two oh. game. Good yep. gosh Almighty, his he has he has been horrible in the other end of the ice, and that play. He just he was just doing a great job of watching that puck in. He was watching it right in, man. And there was he didn't even move at all. He didn't move his stick, he didn't move his skate, he didn't move his body. He wasn't fighting at all in front of the net on defense. Like what are you doing just watching the play? I've never seen something like that in my life of watching hockey. Literally have never seen it like that. And I, I really starting to feel bad for Dylan Larkin because Dylan Larkin's working his ass off. At six points in seven games, three goals, three assists, and he's playing with more passion than probably the rest of the team combined. You know, I'm not going to say that because there are some guys that are working hard, especially the guys off the taxi squad. And, and Bobby Ryan, his first year here, he's making a statement. He's playing well, but there's just some guys on this roster that just simply aren't trying. And yeah, I know it's. It's, it's hard with the guys in the COVID list. You got two of your best players in the COVID list with Phil Zadina and Robbie Fabry. That sucks. But it doesn't give an excuse to the rest of the team not to try. Yes, yeah, sticking with the, you know, the young guys, that, or the taxi squad, the guys that came in. Dude, Giovanni Smith is actually playing really well. He's doing really well in the forecheck, uh, keeping pucks in. I mean, he's working He's working his butt off out there. And got an assist last night. Yeah, got an assist. Yeah, that was a great goal. setup. Yeah, they dumped it in, and then Giovanni went in with the forecheck, got him up against the glass, kicked it out to uh, um, uh, Nemestikov for that goal. That was phenomenal. No, so it, it went over to somebody else. And oh, yeah. It to, oh, yeah. it was Hiroshi. Yep, it was yeah. And, yeah, that was a great team goal. For, that's, a, that's a perfect fourth-line goal. They chipped it in. They went after it. They got it. He won the puck battle in the corner, oh, kicked yeah. it over to Hiroshi. And Nemesco got his first of the year. Should have been like his fifth of the year the way he's been getting opportunities. So that's a line that I like. That's why I'm saying some of these guys on the taxi squad should absolutely be staying. Oh, for sure. And and that was obviously the only goal of the night last night. Um, got a point out of it somehow. Scored one goal and got a point. Got a point because Tom Tomas Grice. Uh, Keeping the team in it once again, of course. Yeah, literally standing on his head every night. Starting to, I mean, 
We knew it was going to be bad going into the season. I don't – he knew what he was signing up for, so you can't get too – feel too bad for him. But, wow, it, it, I don't know if he expected to start 0-3 and play that well in all three games. Definitely unfortunate for his end, but there's still a lot of games left, so can't get down yet. You, you can't get down yet. <laughs> still got time to turn around the record. Yeah, Anything respectable would be – a, a great year for him. He's already had a solid year. Bernier off to a great start as well. So it's not having the goalies. Trust me, it's the furthest thing from that. The team just got to play better, and it's simply it's just it's simple. You you play well as a team, you're going to win a, a lot more games than you normally would. And right now, it's looking like the Red Wings are have uh, first uh, pick odds locked up if they keep playing like this. Hey, well, uh, going back to that game on Sunday, it was a good thing that <laughs> it was a good thing that the Red Wings didn't go empty-handed on that five-on-three because that would have been bad. Just uh, at least little little would've... Bert got got on the power play goal there. Yeah, it's uh, little Bert. Off to, he's he's playing all right as well. I don't see any problems with the way little Bert's playing. No, yeah, he's doing everything I expect of him. Can't be upset at him. He's always working hard. Same thing with Dylan Larkin. So those two are the guys that I expect to always work hard and play well. And it's exactly what they're doing. Can't be upset at that. It's just some of the guys are really making me upset. Football is not playing well. He's not working hard. Same thing with Nielsen. I just don't think he's good enough anymore. Anthony Mantha, you're really pissing me off. And it, and I was I was defending Mantha last week. Yeah. Like, give him time. He's going to be fine. Now, now it's to a full level of rage with him. I just can't deal with it. Yeah, listen, if the Wings didn't score on that five on three, you, re- you really know that there's a problem on the power play. <laughs> yeah. Really... yeah. Kicked it into gears a little bit there. Yeah, they I, had a I was to win out. the Dallas game on a power play. That yes. They had a power play with like three minutes left. And I don't even know if they got an. Oh, the Rasmussen opportunity was nice. And guess what? That wasn't the first power play unit line, it was the second with. With what a nice sight to see that was on that power play. You had um, Michael Rasmussen, you had Taro Hirose, and I, was it G- Giovanni Smith? Was the third? It might have been Giovanni Smith. I'm not exactly sure, but it was it. That unit looked so much better than Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Mantha, which I just don't understand. I don't understand. They just that can't either. score. I don't understand that either. It's it's it, it's mind boggling. That's what it is. Because there, there's no reason why. It, it's just like, I remember, you know, the Manta, the Manta one-timer was just kind of lethal last year. It's, it's, it's been getting blocked on power plays, like, practically every time I've seen it. So, it, it's just, it's not clicking. It's really not. Nothing is clicking. I need to change some things around. I don't know what they're going to do. Just needs to be better, especially they have three games coming up in this next week from where we when we record. It's a really awkward schedule. Do we have any idea when Robbie Fabry and Gagne or some of these guys are coming? Um, I believe that's gonna be so what they that was before the Chicago game, they got put on the COVID list. Same thing with Zadina. So Fabry's gonna be the first one back with Gagne. I believe they have to be out seven days, or I, I don't even remember, but it might be 14. So yeah, I'm going to guess after days. this week, this week they'll be back. Zadina won't be back until the sixth, I, I believe, or or the fifth. 
which will be Friday night at Tampa. I'm going to guess that um, Frabry is going to be back because he was out the second game for Columbus or the first game for Columbus, I even think. So he's he'll be back relatively soon, probably for the first game against Tampa, February 3rd, or even Sunday, January 31st. So, so that's – yes, okay, so there's three games coming up this week that we're going to see before we record next. This is a make-or-break w- week for this team in their season. And they're not the easiest matchups, to say the least. Florida's – we the first one's going to be against Dallas. You know, went to overtime, took lost. They actually played all right in that game. And then they have Florida back-to-back Saturday – at 7 p.m. and then Sunday at 5 p.m. I already know my picks. Let's go pick up on three. I already know my picks. What's your pick? All right, so no knock on Bernier here, but don't have faith against him against Dallas in Dallas tomorrow. So Dallas wins tomorrow. Grice is going to pick up his first win of the year against Florida at home yep. on Saturday. And then Bernier is unfortunately going to lose on the back-to-back on Sunday. So one and two. I, I think I'm going the same exact one because I go realistically they might go on three, but I kind of realistically go one yeah. and two. You got to get like the, I, you got to get Grice off off the Schneid. Come on. Yeah, it, it's yeah Grice. I'll give it to you. You're gonna you're gonna get the win. It's gotta I happen, give. dude. It's got to happen. Yeah, I would probably say one and two. I don't know when the wins are gonna come. It could be the first or second game against Florida. Florida's playing decent. They haven't played as many games, so they're still getting it kicked in the gear. Our so yeah, we'll, back we'll back, go with. Right? Oh no! Yeah, first back to back. Columbus, Columbus. Did we? Did we? Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna pick one and two. Gets us to what? Uh, what are we right now? Two. Two, two four and one. Four and one. Yeah. So I think we're gonna get to. I I say we lose one of those games in OT as well. So I'm okay. gonna say three. Three, five, and two after um, what? Ten games? That's ten games, right? Five series. Yeah. Yep. So ten games. Yeah. Three, five, and two. Not a great start, but you know what? Not unrecoverable at that yeah. point. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say the team's gonna make the playoffs. I just want to see this game. This team win some games. I predicted, I think, twenty in in the off season. So we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with three, five, and one, and two after after ten games. Definitely need some of these guys back, though. Please, just stay away, COVID, man. Just stay away. Just Absolutely need them back. So frustrating. It's it's just ridiculous. It's just it's deflating. That's what it is. Especially especially how thin this roster is for talent. If you knock some guys out for two weeks, it's going to be ugly, and that's kind of what we saw. And that doesn't excuse the effort, but it's it's no, not. It it's you can't expect to win majority of games when you got like three of your best six players out. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap things up, dude, it was nice seeing seeing fans in Dallas last night. That's for sure. It was kind of refreshing. Yeah, actually. no, for sure. And I think something also just got passed with San Jose is going to be a lot of fans, which is kind of huge for considering that's Los Angeles and with the vaccine starting to huge roll out NFL, now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the vaccine's starting to roll out. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot more teams that start to allow fans, and I would I would love to go to a National Hockey League game once again. I'd love to be in Little Caesars Arena. Still got to stay safe. Got to make sure everything's, you know, secure for fans to get in the building. But just know as soon as those doors open up, I will be at a game very soon. 
LCA vibes right there. Let's go. Yeah. That also brings me – oh, I was going to say this earlier. With with fans starting to come back, if Stafford's traded, there absolutely needs to be fans in the building when he comes back to Detroit. That's all I have to say. Yeah. He, there needs to be fans in the building because he needs to get his his actual goodbye from the fans. And that, if there's a single person booing there, they're going to get punched in the face <laughs> with the right hook. Just oh, with the right hook, straight yeah. across the mouth. Yeah, absolutely no booze, man. That can't happen. But oh, that would be something to go to a game where Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford's first game back at Ford Field. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Just amazing. And he probably oh, I I see a count four hundred seventy yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Oh please, it inject out. it into my veins. Inject it into my veins, Dally. Nobody deserves that more than him. It's everything he been he's been through here. It's kind of, it just, it would be fitting. And it would, kind of going off of that, what he's been through here. When, when, when he got traded, I was watching something. And for any of our fans that are into Barstool, I highly suggest you go watch um, Big Cat in Detroit for the Hail Mary game <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. It is the funniest video possibly on the entire internet because he's, yeah. he's with um, Detroit Superfan and Detroit Don. With um, I don't know if you guys are aware of that they're season ticket holders. They always yeah. dress up in big suits and big big beer bellies, and they got crop tops on. They're just great dudes. And he's sitting with them, and the reaction of of those three, like, <laughs> they, it's and it's funny because Big Cat's a Bears fan, and him him rooting for the Lions with the crop top. He's got his beard gut out. He's got the it's Lions insane. hat. On. Yeah, it like if that's what. Imagine that, but being Matt Stafford in that situation, that's just that just sums up his time in Detroit is just that heartbreak. So he deserves to just absolutely light up the Lions when he comes back here for the first time. And I'll be cheering for every single touchdown. I do not care. Oh, I'll be cheering for Matthew Stafford, man. Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be rooting for him hard to you know win a playoff game, win a Super Bowl, whatever it is. But yeah. So, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, a great podcast, another great one. It was phenomenal to talk some Lions football. Had a lot more than I thought that we had to go over. So but, much. Know, it worked out, and, you know, we, we touched on the Red Wings a little bit. You know, we're going to be focusing on the Red Wings uh, a bit more once we get these guys back, once we get the full full team going. And, you know, once hockey season starts this is only the beginning, so it's going to get – right when we get into this next week or two, we're going to be full-blown, and we're going to be – we're going to be breaking down a bunch of stuff. So, again, once again, Tally, it was a pleasure. Uh, did you have any closing thoughts? That was a great week. It just – unfortunately, everything kind of unhappen- happened as soon as we closed up last week. Yeah. That's not the same the – Back-to-back same weeks. Week. I hope that next Tuesday – is gonna gonna be the day Matt Stafford is gonna be traded, and we'll just have just flowing thoughts all over the place. Not even have any time to digest it. We'll hop right on the podcast, exactly. record it, get it put out to you guys. It was definitely a fun week. I enjoyed it. It's it's fun to be hypothetical with the draft and such. To take it with a grain of salt. This is our minds being as as optimistic as possible because I think <laughs> that's just the the fans that we are. So I I actually enjoyed this week a lot to look forward to. Maybe not so much for the Red Wings. It's, it's it's not looking hot, but I'm excited to watch more hockey. Excited to get some more Lions news and just bring it to you guys. 
Yeah, definitely. And let's go Red Wings tomorrow. You guys are going to be getting this on game day. So let's go Wings tomorrow. And that is pretty much it. Make sure to rate five stars on the app if you've made it this far. We appreciate every listener. And we're going to be back next week with hopefully some Matthew Stafford trade news and maybe a possible trade that uh, it will become official by the next time we're recording. So with that being said, thank you all for listening again and peace out everyone. See ya.